Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, just how much do you hate cops? That's the big question these days. You got, you, it seems like you can't hate cops enough to satisfy some people in the media. Tuka Rask wore a hat, a police hat, and he had to apologize or explain it away. A golfer had a Blue Lives Matter bracelet. Can't do that these days. It's just not acceptable to support the guys in blue, uh, in sports at least. Uh, well, what else? Joe Kelly is a punk. John McNamara is dead. And the NBA is back. If you thought sports was super woke these days, get ready. Get ready for the slogans and the support and the kneeling. It's going to get really, really obnoxious. We'll get into all that with Turtle Boy TB Daily News. Uh, I'm Jerry Callahan. and this is the Callahan Podcast. And we're presented, as always, by DCU, Digital Federal Credit Union. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your card today with DCU, and they could help you lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy, and their loan experts will help you find the loan term and the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high-rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Assured by NCUA, membership required. Okay, Cullinane, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, Turtle Boy, I got an idea for you and for me. Every time I see you here on our uh, live streaming, you got your Turtle Boy hat on. Nice hat. And I got my Shade Concrete hat on. Nice hat. But uh, I think we should cause some trouble. Good trouble, as John Lewis would say. Some good trouble. You and I got to get ourselves some police hats, some cop hats. Ooh. You know, like I support the cops. I, I also want to get... Uh, one of those little you know, those little rubber bracelets that uh, you wear for various charities. Um, the professional golfer that wore he wore it in Minneapolis. That's how offensive it was. He has a uh, a bracelet that says "Blue Lives Matter." I support blue or something, and uh, he was vilified by the media, who, who are all liberal, uh, including golf writers, um, because he wore it and he was only twenty minutes away from the spot at which George Floyd was murdered. Can you imagine the uh, insensitivity of wearing a little bracelet that says Blue Lives Matter? His name is Richie Warensky. I don't know anything about him, but uh, I like him. He's, he's one of my new favorite golfers now. Richie Warensky wore it in Minneapolis at the 3M Open and got vilified by various media members, including Joel Beal, golf writer, who couldn't believe how insensitive that was. Of course, he was only... I don't know how many, uh, uh, 57, I, somebody texted me this. He was only 57 miles away from where uh, uh, David Dorn was murdered. But that doesn't matter. It only matters that you hate cops. That's what you got to do. You got to hate co- If you hate cops, you can have rallies, big rallies, crowded rallies, you know, with people shoulder to shoulder, no masks, as long as you hate cops. If you don't hate cops, there's a whole different standard. And as we learned, as you learned, um, you know, you can uh, uh, you can wear a hat that says, I support the police. If you took a rask, Boston Bruins goalie, didn't even you say better that. be ready to defend it. Yeah, it didn't even say I support you, the police. It just said Boston police. It's like wearing one of those FDNY <laughs> hats. It's literally all it's right. He wore, I, I, no, no, which used to be a good thing. Remember those days where it used to be a good thing to to like cops, support cops and, oh, yeah. and firemen and first responders. That was only. Yeah, it was like four weeks ago. 
it was like six weeks ago yeah. that, that we were supposed to applaud when a cop walked in the room, step back and applaud. You were supposed to teach your children that those were heroes, that those are people who put their lives on the line every day. Six weeks ago, it is remarkable. And I know it will never really be scrutinized. It's remarkable the way the whole narrative has changed. And now not only do you not cheer for cops, but if you just wear a hat or a bracelet, you are questioned. You know, you you are grilled by members of the media. If you missed it, Tuka Rask wore a hat. It, it just said, what did it say, Boston Police? It just said Boston Police on it. That's it. Uh, to an interview, and of course, the Boston Globe. And is, isn't, I, mean, I, I never heard of the guy, but he's a hockey writer for the Globe. It's amazing. You, you, you have to. No matter what you do, cover hockey or politics or whatever, you, you know, you write about food. It, as long the global hire you, as long as you hate Trump, hate America, hate cops, that gets you. Uh, you get your foot in the door at the Boston Globe. So some no-name hockey writer, uh, what's his name again? Matt, Matt Porter. Porter. Matt, you know, says uh, questions how how we can wear that hat. And no, but you're missing the best support. Yeah, like the, the, he he juxtaposed it because he put the the Bruins' official response to "We hate racism" because everybody has to do this now. You have to put out a right. thing to declare just how much you hate racism, and so they put that out there. And the and he goes, "Well, the Bruins say this, and then there's this," and he puts the picture of uh, Tuka Rask doing an interview with the Boston Police hat, and Brad Marchand responds to it and says, basically you're full of shit like cut this shit what's wrong with you we're trying to bring people together and deletes the tweet but then they interviewed him afterwards and they asked him why he deleted it do you regret it? he's like no i just don't want to give the guy clicks <laughs> it was just kind of an awesome response it's, it, it is it is amazing and it, i i give guy like marshan credit because he's I don't think he's thinking, you know, that you can't support both, you know, black, the black community and the cop. He's not thinking that way because normal Marshawn's people. not known for his thinking, Jerry. Right. I uh, I, I saw him a uh, uh, few months back in my neighborhood and uh, talked to him briefly in the uh, in the Starbucks. Oh, yeah. I went to a Starbucks and uh, he was taught people were coming up to him and he could not have been nicer. I like the guy, even though he he's a punk on the ice. Let's be honest. But when you right, if you're just a normal person, you think, why can't I support the cops? You know, because of one rogue cop in Minneapolis uh, on Memorial Day, I I have to hate all cops. Can you help me with that? Because it is a little confusing. Let's be honest. I'm, I'm reading your blog, TB Daily News, uh, this morning, as I always do, and I'm reading about you know Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter activist harassing the mother of a murdered police officer who was just there to honor her son two years after he was murdered. And I'm thinking, what kind of person, what kind of person do you have to be to harass the mother of a murdered cop? And somehow you're the only one, as usual, who covers it. You're the only one who brings any attention to it. That's why you have to read TB Daily News and you have to follow Aiden on Twitter while he's still allowed. You and you're going to be gone and the Ayatollah will still be on there. Right? Uh, the Ayatollah will outlast me, the Vegas Ayatollah. You, you, you and Donald Trump Jr. will be banned by Jack Dorsey, but the Ayatollah will be on there uh, calling for the genocide of uh, the Jewish people. That's just a cultural expression, Jerry. Genocide, whatever. Father. Uh, <laughs> 
I you you were watching. I assume you were watching the uh, hearings with a uh, special interest yesterday as they grilled oh, some of the uh, tech giants. Can you explain to me because you have a vested interest in this and very and, much so. You're uh, you're invest you're you're interested in this more than most. But why wasn't Jack Dorsey there? Why wasn't Twitter uh, represented? That question's not answered. I'm not entirely sure the answer to that question. I, I was just listening to your podcast yesterday and the downfall of not having it live is I can't call in and scream at Alex Reamer when he says something incredibly stupid, which he did yesterday regarding the tech stuff. I mean, for, for somebody his age and in this industry, not to understand the importance of big tech censorship, right? Because that can affect him too. I don't know if these people realize it. This can affect you too. If you get on their shit list, which Alex Reamer, by the way, he's got some old tweets. He could easily end up on there. He called a child a piss hand. If he gets on the wrong, if media matters starts coming after him, he's not going to like it very much. So for him to kind of poo poo, this tech issue is like, Oh, just conservatives being snowflakes whining. No, no, no. This is a huge election issue that nobody's talking about. And I think, uh, Democrats of all people are getting it better. They did much better yesterday questioning. I can't believe I'm complimenting Democrats. They were a million times better than the Republicans yesterday when they were questioning these guys about the monopoly factor. Republicans are often, a lot of these guys get money from Google and Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. But Democrats actually push back hard against these guys because 44% of, of Americans served by, surveyed by Rasmussen recently said that they use social media every single day. 27% of the people they interviewed said that they, are, they have their political opinions influenced by social media. So you do the math. That's 12% of all Americans, which is like 30 million something people, 40 million people have their political opinions shaped by social media and tech companies. So I would guess that's underestimated. I'd say it's more than that. Yeah. I mean, so, let's be and, honest. And who I feel controls like everybody? Because it's subtle in many cases, but it is amazing. You're right. Yeah, um, yesterday, Reamer. control what you see. That is like they control. If you're on, on, yeah, I know you're not a Facebook guy. It's a little different from Twitter. It's not chronological. They show you whatever they want to show you on your feed first. You know what I mean? So they can hide shit. And Google, especially, like you guys were talking about with Breitbart yesterday, they've just hidden. Breitbart completely, which is insane because it's a very well-known popular website, even though it's, you know, obviously very right wing and, you know, stupid Alex Reamer yesterday says, well, if you Google Biden and Breitbart, it comes up. Well, no shit, Sherlock. I hate to break it to you, but if somebody's Googling Breitbart, it means they're pretty familiar with it. They're going to go there anyway. The whole purpose of search engine optimization is to be able to come up first for certain keywords like Biden. Does, does Breitbart come up in the top 10 searches for Biden? I no, think no. It. Yeah. no, New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, all, all you know, supporters of Biden, all you know, allies of Biden pop up. It is incredible. And they denied it, you know, um, um, that, that CEO of Google, they, they deny it, even though it's it's verifiable. I mean, the guy I saw, the uh, the uh, Breitbart guy, Alex Marlowe, make the case. And I don't know how you can uh, refute it. It is amazing to me when I hear people like Alex, and that's why I have him on, because I need to hear from, you know, the opposition. I need to hear from people like that. I need to understand. I say this every day. I'll say it again. I wake up. I, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm watching the news. I'm seeing fellow Americans, you know, trying to burn federal courthouse, attacking cops, shooting lasers in the eyes of police officers you know, protesting for actually not protesting, just destroying. That's all just destroying things. That's all they're doing. And I need to know who supports that. Like how, 
How does your mind work when you say those are the good guys? I, we saw it two days ago in the hearing with uh, Bill Barr. Those people, all those Democrats, every one of them did not fa- fail to condemn the anarchy, failed to condemn the vandalism, uh, the insanity of nights in a row. Denies it existed. The, the, and, and, and Reamer is one of them. And I, and I like to have him on because I need to understand how a fellow American could support that. To me, these people are worse than like the enemies we're fighting abroad. You know, not not Al Qaeda. I'll put Al Qaeda at the top of the list. But you know, anyway, like would... like like the Taliban. I mean, had the one Taliban good day is, that was it. They're, the, they're not know. trying to destroy America. They're over there, and you know, if they could, they probably would. But we we have people a, a fifth column of enemies inside the country trying to destroy our system, and the. Democrats don't condemn them. I mean, I, I, how, how does it's not that they don't condemn them, Jerry? It's that they literally just tell us that we're not seeing what we're seeing with our own eyes. The definition of gaslighting. They're saying, "Well, what what riots? There's no riots. There's no burning. Fires? What are you talking about? People trying to breach a perimeter and like there's there's federal agents locked inside a courthouse that they're trying to burn to the ground. Like that's insane. They're throwing mortar things over there. It's documented. It's all on video, and they're just like." What? No, myth. That's a myth. The crazy right-wing myth. Don't listen to them. A myth, right? The chairman of the committee, Nadler, said Antifa's a myth. And I'm watching TV. I'm online. I'm saying, that guy. what are you talking about? I mean, we're past that. We could see it with our own eyes. It would be frightening if we didn't have the video, if we didn't have modern technology, because they would just lie to us, and we would, I, I guess, some people would believe them. Um, I... I I'm glad we can see with our own eyes. We know they're lying. We know they're accomplices. They are literally accomplices. I mean, we got a race for Senate, Joe Mark, uh, Joe uh, Kennedy versus Ed Markey in Massachusetts. Neither of them will condemn the lawlessness. They do not do it. It's incredible to me. Peaceful protesters. Like, like a guy like Reamer, you know, says, eh, you know, he's, they're on my side. And, and you're right. You say it all the time. These people fight dirty. They play for keeps. If it means supporting anarchists, supporting Antifa, if that helps them defeat Donald Trump, they will do it. Uh, This was yesterday. The Seattle uh, police chief uh, announces a search warrant served on a van impounded Saturday at the riot yielded an IED, an IED, an improvised explosive device, improvised spike strips, tasers, and bear spray in a van the uh, the chief claimed the items from the van were being handed out to the crowd, an IED. So the things that blew off, you know, the limbs of our soldiers yeah. in Fallujah are being used uh, uh, potentially in Seattle, and the Democrats, to a man, won't condemn it. I mean, the Zarniavs are the big losers here. If they were around right now, they'd be having a blast out there. They're just like, you rookies, you don't know. What are you doing? That's not how you make an, you know, a, an explosive device. If you want to do some damage, this is how you do it. I mean, it's, it's, it's not that they're supporting them. Is that they're literally just telling us that they don't exist. Like, that is their game plan. No, Antifa. What the hell is Antifa? That's not a real thing. There's no such thing as Antifa. Well, they, I think they are. I mean, in, in Portland, the city is claiming they're going to sue I mean, fine the federal government for putting a fence up that protects the federal courthouse. They said they put the fence where a bike path is. Uh, so the feds, the feds put up a fence to stop them from burning down the courthouse. And Portland, the city of Portland, that 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 outlaw mayor 
uh, says they're going to fine the feds. Now tell me, why would you do that? Because you don't want the fence there because you want them to burn the federal courthouse. So we have, again, enemies inside the gate. Literally, we have a mayor working to help Antifa and hurt the federal government. It's utter madness. And I think in a a way, the reason, again, I like to have Reamer on, I like to know how these people think. And I think in a way it's going to backfire at some point. You get to the breaking point where average Americans, I mean, those voters in Wisconsin and Michigan and Ohio Ohio, are going to look and go, that's those are Biden supporters. Those people burning the court, those people shooting the lasers in the eyes of police officers causing permanent damage. Those are Biden supporters. Wrong. Those are are Trump haters. That's not going to happen, actually, because they're not going to see it, Jerry. Like you're forgetting about tech censorship. And the media's coverage of the CNN isn't putting that up there. They're going to show you the yeah, one video of the CNN. Did. They're putting, I've seen TV commercials where they try to tie Biden to the chaos. It's, they're great. Trump's team, and there are some right wing packs that are good at that, putting the TV commercials together. And maybe, maybe in the fall when people start paying attention, maybe when football's on, mm-hmm. uh, they'll be watching and they'll but see that, this. My point is that, you know, the, the, like they're going to show pictures of protesters singing kumbaya that's what cnn is showing they're not showing the looting and the burning so your average person in wisconsin and pennsylvania and michigan they don't even know any of this is happening right now because the people that are putting the information out there are being banned from social media platforms you have google suppressing the information and you have the mainstream media refusing to tell the truth about what's happening so your average voter doesn't know any of this is going on and and the worst part uh, and I know you know this better than most. The worst part is these Republicans we saw yesterday, Jim Jordan and this buffoon, Sensenbrenner, wow. we're, we're relying on them for um, six more months, essentially. They have six months to do something about it. If Biden wins, and God forbid, if uh, they take the Senate, it's over. You'll never get any uh uh, controls on big tech it'll be worse than ever they will they will sit there in, like in this hearing yesterday tim cook and uh and uh, uh um, john uh what's his face jeff bezos mark zuckerberg and jeff the guy bezos, from Google. mark zuckerberg jeff Be- uh, they'll sit there like this two big middle fingers up saying screw you to the republicans we'll do what we want if biden wins it is a scary to me it is frightening i don't scare easily the thought of the Democrats taking control of everything and doing what they want and uh, getting rid of the filibuster and just taking control and passing everything. Mean, you know, how someone in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan could support that knowing what they're going to just the just the Green New Deal alone, just the AOC agenda alone would scare anybody in any of those states into, uh, should scare them into voting for Trump, in my opinion. And and, and big tech. This big tech thing is just one item of many items that are just frightening to think about if they get their way. If Biden holds and and that's a big if. I don't know. I don't know how many people saw. I don't know how how censored this was. But the video of Biden the other day coming out with this uh, aide holding his arm. Oh, yeah. He just kind of wanders out with the sunglasses on looking up at the birds and she's got him by the arm literally pulling him away from that was uh, good but the better one was the one you played yesterday where he didn't know what he was and then he tried to pretend it was a joke i mean that was that, freaking that's how it started he walked out in a press conference and the first thing he said is welcome to king county uh, and he went oh no that's not where i am <laughs> that's a joke <laughs> yeah i get I mean, it yeah see I'm old. 
no, like uh, they and they know it's like that man cannot be president. He cannot run a country, and it's a well-known secret or whatever that that's not the plan for him to run the country. The plan for him is just to like, you're the guy who gets us elected because you're the least offensive. You're not going to upset people. You're Joe from Delaware. That's it. And you, you know, you used to be a lifeguard at the pool and you have the whole pork chop guy out there, whatever his name is, corn pop. And you know, that's lovable and you're funny. You're like a nice grandpa. Ha ha ha. But you're not in charge of anything. Here's a coloring book. You know, you thought George, but you thought Dick Cheney was running the show. Wait till you see whoever's, Joe Biden's vice president. Well, that's why that's why Susan Rice, you're hearing her name now, because she would bring the whole uh, Obama machine. You know, she would, I mean, essentially be Obama's third term. And um, l- lately, there's the sense that uh, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris is the choice because of that scoop that Politico had where they, they showed his notes and there was him talking about Kamala uh, Harris and what a wonderful, what a wonderful woman she is. That that won't work. That'll backfire. But, you know, I've seen his list and it, it's not impressive. There's no one there you look at and you say that would be a good president. I mean, they're all radical. We know that they're all, you know, uh, uh, Green New Dealers. They're all you know, cop haters. I, I, I don't think he's going to name the choice next week. I don't think when he names it, I don't think there's going to be a big bounce. In fact, just the opposite. If it's, uh, you know, Stacey Abrams or... Uh, What's the uh, the woman in uh, L.A., the crazy radical woman in L.A.? Karen Bass. Uh, yeah, Bass. If so, if, I mean, that one of them uh, really left-wing nut jobs, that's not going to help him. That's not going to help him in uh, in those uh, so who could battleground help? states. But back to the tech hearing, because you know more about this than most. Um, is there a reason, an explanation of why there was no Jack Dorsey there? I don't know. He's been there before. I didn't get, I, I'm sure there is if you search for it, but bottom line is he wasn't there. And an idiot from Wisconsin, the representative grilled uh, Mark Zuckerberg about why he censored Donald Trump Jr. from sharing a video about hydroclocks, whatever. And he goes, uh, I think you're talking about uh, Twitter, sir. That's uh, not my platform. And it was just like, who, who I understand he's a moron, but who are the aides that prepped this idiot? No. Well, and he just looks terrible. He's, I know he's retiring, but I think it's, uh, long overdue. Um, he, he looks like a bumbling. He looks like a, like a, he'd be in a SNL skit. You know, he looks like Chris Farley or somebody playing a politician. You know what I mean? And, uh, he was upset that, that Twitter, uh, took down the, um, down the Donald Trump jr. Tweet about the, with the doctors and, um, um, by the way, I understand that video, like some of the things they said might be crazy to some people, but like, those are all legitimate well, doctors. These are not uh, Tom Brady's doctors. I want to get, I want to get to that first on sense of He's 77 years old. He's retiring. Why is he there? Can't you just, why, why is everybody in Washington? 77 years old That's a spring just, chicken in Washington. Jerry, Diane <laughs> Einstein got elected, reelected at age 85. She'll be there till she's 91. And uh, and the most important person in Washington, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is 87, and she's uh, got like, pancreatic cancer. I mean, at some point, does anyone have enough dignity to say I'm going to go play with my grandchildren or great grandchildren? They're just such they're, they're just such you know, pathetic human beings. You know, they don't. This guy up there babbling, bumbling. Every one of his um, every one of his aides is rolling their eyes going, Oh God, not again. He's probably like wet in his pants at the same time. He just, it, it was embarrassing. 
And uh, I guess I'll give Zuckerberg they don't credit. write their own questions, Jerry. Their staff writes the questions. Who the hell wrote that goddamn question? <laughs> you think these guys write their own questions? No. But, but the I had this argument, as you know, with Reamer yesterday. And again, I'm I'm glad to have him on because I need someone to explain the the, the madness of the uh, of supporting this, of supporting the suppression of speech. These were doctors. You're right. They, these were all doctors. They went to school for ten years. I know the woman, the the black woman who got all the attention, uh, has some crazy ideas. So what? That's what free speech is about. It's and not about, talking about the racial implications there of the left of villainizing this woman, betraying her. If a right winger did that, yeah, like they're just literally calling her like a witch doctor, like right. because she's got a funny accent. Oh, she's a crazy. Oh, that's the crazy African lady. You know how they are over there. They do voodoo and crazy shit. Like that's that's what the media is trying to tell us. It's incredibly right. racist, and they got to pass on it. But you, you have doctors literally in their white coats talking about uh, um, the virtues of uh, hydrochloroquine and zinc and zimiferfen or whatever the hell the third thing is. And and they uh, Zuckerberg talked about this yesterday. He said, no, we think that's dangerous. This is a drug that is available over the counter in most of the world. It's been used for 70 years. It is considered uh, is not considered dangerous at all. What Zuckerberg and others have done, and all the you know Democrats have decided to use it as a political issue and and convince people. And CNN is the worst at this. I mean, I see highlights of them saying that you know Trump is uh, expo- uh, uh, you know uh, trying to uh, promote a a, de- a drug with dangerous side effects. That is a lie. They're lying because if hydrochloroquine works, Trump wins. That's in their mind. If if it is indeed. The cure, as that woman doctor said, I don't know if it's a cure. I don't know if cure is the right word. That's a strong word for it. It's a strong word. So what? All right. Today's show brought to you by Flagship Wealth. I'm actually here with Dave McDonough in his beautiful offices. Looks different since, uh, one, four months ago since I was last here. Well decorated, isn't it? Well decorated. All right. We're talking about the Mid-Year Outlook Report this week. I'm actually a little ticked off, to be honest with you. Okay. Because you showed me how many people have gone to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement versus the amount of people who requested the guide, the 2020 Mid-Year Outlook. Maybe it's the person giving the message, It could be me. It could be. Maybe Jerry should start reading this. But the 124 people that went should have requested the guide, but only 54 did. So let's figure that out, people. Go there, put your email in, get the 2020 Outlook report. Dave, what's inside it? Tell them. Sell it for me because I can't. Well, here it is, David. You've got a market that just four short months ago was down 40%. Now we're flat for the year. And what this booklet does, it tells you how we got here, but more importantly, where we're going. So you know, Dave, the return this year has come from five different stocks in one sector of the market. A lot of your listeners out there, they're just chasing that hot sector. That's not the smart thing to do. You get your hands on the booklet, tells you where to go to get the rate of return, especially, again, Dave, with the market flat for the year. We gave away thousands of these on the radio. Now we're giving away hundreds, right? We're in the hundreds. I said 54 yesterday, downloaded it. We're in the hundreds. I want thousands, okay? It was the most popular guide we ever gave away on radio. We're going to make it the most popular guide we ever gave away in podcasting. Don't be a dummy. Go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. You say it now. Tell them not to be a dummy. Don't be a dummy. Thank you. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. I did not say give away the website. I said just say don't be a dummy. You listen to me when I speak. Flagshipwealth.com. 
com slash retirement get the mid-year outlook report securities and advisory services offered through lpl financial a registered investment advisor member finra sipc we've got to the point where people like reamer people like you know the the average democrat sees big tech censor speech and i and i explained this yesterday i've heard tucker say it and uh, mark levin and uh, this is censorship because the government is supporting them they're not the government but they oh, they're more powerful than the government. They need the government. They need the support. They need these waivers, these special uh, carve outs from the government to do what they do. So it is fair to call it censorship. And you have liberals say, good, that, that hydroxychloroquine is dangerous. I'm like, so what? I wouldn't care if, if they went on and said, you know, little kids should put this on their cereal in the morning. If it's silly, call it silly. Call it stupid. The answer to you know, crazy speeches is, is more speech. Yeah, the answer to fake news is real news. Just combat them. If it's fake, it's easily whatever. Exactly. And Donald exactly. Trump, by the way, has taken hydro whatever. He he's taken that before. So it's like a product he's actually sampled. It's like leaving a Yelp review. He uh, he approves of it. He he likes the way it feels. That's his opinion. It doesn't mean that you need to go out there and take it. It doesn't mean that it's a cure all. It just means, in his opinion, he wants to give it a shot. And the reason the Democrats don't want to give it a shot is there's nothing, nothing that they fear more than a cure to coronavirus. Because as long as this thing is raging out there, it will prevent Trump rallies. It will prevent momentum building. They can keep Biden in the basement and there can be and and they can blame it all on Trump. And and, and you're, you're so right. We say this every day, but it's worth mentioning again that they play for keeps. Democrats, they are ruthless. Um, the, the, the idea that hydrochloroquine could save lives is, is frightening to them. They don't care. They don't want that. They do not want that. I'll say it as Mark Levin likes to say, that's right. I said it. They don't want a cure, a treatment. They don't want this to end just yet. They want it to last till November 4th. The idea you're right. If this worked, if these doctors in these white coats, uh, who did the press conference, which has been censored, if they're right, if they're right, and and some of them are really smart. Wasn't one of them a... <coughs> they're doctors, Jerry. They're they're all smart. <laughs> I mean, they're, 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 they're not all crazy. Some of them are really smart, and they think this is the treatment, if not the cure, to get us through this. And that is the worst nightmare if you're a Biden, if you're a Biden handler, a Biden supporter. And you're right, they, they thought of... He, okay, he has to come out of the basement now. He has to debate now. He has to go out in public. He has to do a rally. He has to do a press conference. That is their worst nightmare. If it means more sick people, if it means more misery for the for the economy, if it means keeping schools closed and canceling sports, that's even better because they cannot stand the thought of somehow Trump, you know, coming back, you know, from you know. Uh, uh, from being down double digits in the polls, coming back because of good news. It is incredible. And if you've seen it, and I've seen you know clips of the CNN guys, I mean, they literally act like hydrochloroquine is is, is fentanyl. You know, it's it's going to kill everybody if we it's allow dangerous. it. 
It's dangerous. It's dangerous. That's favorite word to, to suppress speech is, oh, that's dangerous speech. That could lead to misinformation. First of all, Twitter is filled with misinformation and quote unquote dangerous speech. It happens all the time. I mean, how many times have like, think of like what they could have done to those kids in Covington, Kentucky with their fake news about them and urging people to punch them in the face. Those tweets remained up and some, a lot of them are still up threatening still violence. Up. People are smiling. That's well, not that's true. Nope. Some people, some people pointed this out yesterday and we just talked about it is, you know, the Ayatollah Khomeini or whatever his name is, the Ayatollah in Iran is still up calling for genocide against Israel. Oh, he, he claps back. He claps back on Israel. He's very woke. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the Antifa scum who are burning cities, they're on Twitter. You know, they can send out their messages on Twitter. No problem. But, Donald Trump Jr. or or Turtle Boy? Ooh, that's different. I mean, there's has there ever been a, a liberal uh, liberal who's been censored on Twitter? Just uh, the Krasenstein brothers. They were like these right, trolls, right. but they're on Parlor. It's actually kind of funny, and they have their wife. Their wife is on Twitter now, and I'm pretty sure it's one of them. Yeah, but but I can't. I, it, it frustrates the hell out of me when I hear people <clears throat> support it. And, and you're right, people in our business who people who you know are alleged journalists and they're not outraged by it. It, it, it just they're stupid. They don't understand the, they don't understand the impact. This is, uh, people on our team, Jerry, Republicans, they don't understand the impact of the stupid Jim Jordan, who was, you know, a fighter normally. He released a memo that Masernovich released, uh, and, and it basically said that if, if you don't like Google or, you know, Facebook, you should just start your own social media. That whole bullshit Republican libertarian talking point about free markets nonsense you cannot have a free market with monopolies they destroy free markets and that's where the government i mean teddy roosevelt would have smashed them with an axe by now it's embarrassing and, and it helps democrats obviously and these idiot republicans who don't know how to play the game and don't understand that these people are not your friends these companies are hurting you democrats aren't that stupid they understand this like they play to win you saw with kavanaugh what they will do to stop you and that's with a minority so it, it is what it is uh, it, it truly and then um i i agree most people don't know how serious this is most people think yeah it's a you know it's, it's america right um good I, I think you could say that about twitter because you just mentioned parlor and you'd say you could create a competitor and you, you know that's it's not a competitor Okay, but, but but you could make the case. Can you make the case for Google? Can you make the case that Google's not a monopoly? How do you make that case? You can't. They control like 70% of like online advertising, I want to say. They're 80% of searches, or like 88%, I want to say, of searches in the world. It's the most trafficked website in the world. Like I know firsthand, Google Ads, AdSense, has a monopoly on advertising, right? When I got, when Turtle Boy got blacklisted with uh, Google AdSense, the rate I was making, Per 1,000 views decreased by uh, like from uh, about 10% of what it used to be. So I was either going to go broke or I had to create a new website. That's the reason TB Daily News exists is because Turtle Boy Sports got blacklisted by Google AdSense. And since they have no competitors, when they stop putting ads on your site, you're fucked. They completely screws you right. over. And nobody cares because, you know, you're just Turtle Boy or you're just whatever. Some, you know, Breitbart. Oh, who cares? You know, you're not going to get any support from. God knows from the Washington Post, which is Jeff yeah. Bezos' little plaything, or the New York Times, or any of the ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, they're all on the same team, and they know this is wrong, but they don't care because, again, they play, they play to win. They play dirty, and if it means censoring Donald Trump Jr., which surprised me in one regard, uh, Aiden, in this regard, 
is it was so blatant what they did when they took down the 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 doctor video and they did it on and they suspended Donald Trump Jr. It, it kind of drew interest. They're, like they're not even subtle about it. Mm. I think when you do it to you, you get away with it easily. Do it to Donald Trump Jr. People start asking questions, and you start getting grilled in a hearing. So it, it surprised me that they did that. That That's they did suspended Donald Trump Jr. I mean, hell, they've they've uh, marked some of uh, Donald Trump Senior's tweets, you know, for for you know objectionable content or whatever. And what does he, Trump do about it? It's a good com- point. Nothing complains Nothing. on the Complain. platform. He uses their platform to complain about their platform and says, "Oh, we we're gonna, we need to do something about this." And then nothing gets done. We're running out of right. time. And nothing's going to get done. And and it's too bad because in November, if you know the good guys lose, it's all over. It's yeah, going to get so bad. It's going to get frightening. Got their capital gains tax cut, though, Jerry. That's that's what we got out of this four years of Trump. Yeah. And it is amazing. I'll say it again that I'll to hear a liberal, whether it's Alex or whoever, somebody say they're okay with it. And you go, wait a second. You know, you, you want to suppress speech? You want to you want to you want to censor speech? That's that's scary how how, how cavalier uh, people are about accepting it and not being outrageous. So un-American. And 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 I had this fight with Alex saying, you don't have, you know, you don't protect speech that you agree with. I mean, who cares if you do that? I mean, you, uh, you're supposed to protect, you know, object, uh, offensive speech. You know, that's what, that's what the ACL, ACL used to do. You know, when they protected the, no, they still do. you know, they're defending me in a court case, right, Jerry in Rhode Island. I, I heard you, but I mean, that's a very rare exception to the rule. They're, they're protecting you and they're protecting Antifa. That's what they're doing. They're protecting Antifa anarchists, criminals, violent criminals, and you. So I guess they can get it right once in a while. But for the most part, they've lost their way. Liberals have lost their way. You're, you're supposed to stand up for speech. It's a reason. There's a reason it's the First Amendment. It's like the most important thing in this country. We've, we've lost uh, you know, other parts of the First Amendment. You can no longer go to church. Um, the, the, NFL, the NFL came out with an announcement and made me laugh that they're you know, trying to control every you know, COVID and all that, and they're, and they're warning their players that they could find them if they go to church. <laughs> if they, if an NFL player, you know, if, 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 I guess they could, you know, beat their wives or whatever, or get in fights and go to. But they if they go, go to, to Brooklyn, church, though. they go they to church, Brooklyn. they're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> they can go to, what if it's going to church at George Floyd's funeral or George Floyd's That's a good wake? Point. George, which funeral though? The sixth There's one the, or the, the seventh one? one? Which yeah. was your favorite? I like the eighth one. I like the one with the carriage and the uh, the horses. Gold, that was a nice touch. Gold casket. Mm. I, I'm telling you, I it, it is it outrages me every day to think what people are going through with parents and grandparents in nursing homes dying alone. Or I can't imagine. My mother was in a nursing home. It was a very very confusing time. You know, she it didn't it didn't go well. It it, it was an awful experience. In fact, the last words my mother ever said to me that were that were lucid were she uh, held my hand, looked at me. Regulate said, big tech. Held my, I'm, I'm telling you my mother's last words and you're interrupting me. Oh yeah. I'm guessing what it was. You sound like, you sound like uh culinary. Did you hear when we talked about Kirk, we paid to, you know, we talked about Kirk and his struggles. And I told a, you know, I was telling you from the heart, how I felt. Oh, I sorry, talked sorry, to sorry, moment, sorry. And right in the middle, culinary starts talking about Kirk's grip on his putter. <laughs> 
And I went, what? I, I moved on quickly because it was so dumb. I didn't uh, want to, uh, you know, lose my train of thought and go, go at him. But I said, what? what? I was talking about, you know, Kirk playing golf and I was a good golfer. And, you know, he was a really, he was a good fun guy to play with because he was composed. He's not a lunatic on the course and he's a good player. And, and in the middle of it, Colin says, yeah, you know, his grip, he has the cross-handed grip. I go, what? Shut up. <laughs> anyway. Do you want to know my mother's last yes. lucid words? There yes, were many, many, many um, incoherent and 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 sad uh, conversations because she had dementia. But last lucid words, she held mine and said, "This is awful. This is awful." And I broke my heart. There wasn't much you could do other than visit her and hold her hand. The people now whose parents are in that condition can't visit. They can't hold their hands. You can't have a dementia patient on FaceTime. My mother could never have done that. I have friends whose parents are in nursing homes and they said it doesn't work. I mean, you can go to the window and like wave, but you can't have a conversation. You can't comfort your loved one. And you have to sit there and watch John Lewis have 17 funerals. And you're going, wait a second. We, we can't have a funeral. I can't visit my mother or you know, father. I can't say goodbye. When they die, I have to just you know tell everyone, you know, maybe you can get on Zoom and say something about, about mom. And, and they have to watch over and over again as they gather for a few days. So if you're famous enough, then you get to have a funeral. If you're not, screw you. Andrew Cuomo will have you fined and arrested if you dare gather together to say goodbye to your dearly departed. But uh, how did it get off on that tangent? I don't remember. Just, uh, maybe just the double standards, the incredible double standard. Nothing... Nothing is uh, more infuriating than the, the treatment of Andrew Cuomo, the worst governor in the history of the United States, murdered thousands of senior citizens, stands up brazenly and, and, and says, you know, Florida doesn't know what they're doing. And Texas doesn't know what they're doing. And here, look at me. I'm a great example. And, you know, CNN, The Washington Post, New York Times, isn't he wonderful? Isn't he dreamy? He goes on CNN and giggles about his love life. He goes on with Jimmy Fallon and talks about you know, when he's going to start dating again. And you're thinking there are thousands and thousands of families who lost loved ones because of this monster who sent coronavirus patients into nursing homes. And he should be, he should be arrested. He should be handcuffed, taken away, charged with manslaughter. And yet the media fawns over him and covers up his crimes. It is the most blatant example of media, media bias, not just media, but media corruption, uh, media, uh, uh, whatever, immorality I've ever seen. But um, we there's plenty of other examples, plenty of other examples. Uh, we're going to get to a couple of TB Daily News posts, which were outstanding. Are we done with the tech giants? Because I know yeah. you love that topic. You know what the big story is, Jerry? This, with the battle in Hingham is just dominating right now. We're going to get to the battle in Hingham. The and the, um, and the, uh, our girl, Monica... Oh, Cannon Grant. Grant. Uh, we, we're going to honor her. Yes. Uh, as we should. Uh, but I want to mention a couple of sports, a couple of sports stories. A couple of, one, this, and I, I've done this so many times in the past, but I got to do it again. It infuriates me when pitchers throw at batters, throw at their heads when there's no repercussion. They can't get, they don't bat. They don't, they know if there's a fight, they can get the third baseman. The catcher will protect them. Joe Kelly, former Red Sox pitcher, that's uh, you know Rob Bradford's buddy. Uh, Joe Kelly 
threw at the Astros because of the cheating scandal, and he threw at their heads. He threw at Alex Bregman's head, 96-mile-per-hour fastball at his head, and he also threw at Correa and got tossed and got an eight-game suspension. And I'm watching. I'm, 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 I'm just watching highlights. Of course, I didn't watch. Nobody's watching baseball. But it just drives me nuts when people say, what a badass, what a tough guy, a hero. Here's another one. I saw on Twitter all over the place, hero, or the most the most hackneyed expression on Twitter. Some heroes don't wear capes. Oh, God, I hate that. So I point out that he's a punk. He's a gutless punk. And if a batter threw and a hitter threw a bat at him, I'd support the hitter because I think throwing a fastball in a guy's head at 96 is more dangerous than throwing a bat at a pitcher. No, occasionally guys do that. Trot Nixon did it once. Uh, Bert Campanaris famously did it 100 years ago. I support hitters who throw bats at pitchers who throw fastballs at their heads. He got an eight-game suspension, which is a lot in a 60-game season, and I support that. What makes a guy, you know, gutsy or badass throwing a fastball at someone's head when they have when there's no way that they can pay a price for that? They don't hit. They don't fight. Why is that badass? Well, first of all, they do hit now because they've gotten DHs in both leagues. But I see your point. I mean, it is madness. I mean, when you think about this, all of the restrictions in the NFL, where they're wearing pads and helmets and all this stuff, you know, you cannot hit a quarterback if he's even remotely attempting to go down or throw the ball away. There's a million things you can't do in the NFL. Whereas in baseball, you can literally just take a ball, a solid object with mass and throw it a hundred miles an hour at another human being who is not wearing any pads at all. And this is just an acceptable form of expressing your dissatisfaction with the batter. <laughs> and then you people say, oh, it's part of the game. And I, I guess. Why is that part of the game? That's insane. Why don't you do duels? That's mad. It it's more dangerous than, so. you're right, more dangerous than, you know, hitting a quarterback at the knees or anything like that. And he was throwing at Alex Bregman, one of the best players in the game, an MVP candidate, at least when, you know, they got the, when they're stealing signs and banging the trash can, he's a great player. And I understand that's going to be uh, revenge for the cheating scandal. Joe Kelly was a Boston Red Sox who cheated, who have cheated more than anybody in the last few years. They had the, the Apple Watch thing. They had the, uh, they, they had a similar, you know, sign stealing thing going on. And and he's saying, you know, that's for the cheating. And I love this. And he's uh, mocking the hitters. He said, "Nice swing." And he was pretending to be like a baby crying. I hate pitchers who have no, have, to, have nothing to. I mean, Bob Gibson had to hit at least. He hit guys, yes, but they could hit him too. I I love Pedro Martinez, but he did the same gutless crap where he would hit guys and then back up knowing his players would step in if they ever charged the mound. And that was, you know, that wasn't cool. That wasn't macho. That wasn't badass. Just like this punk Kelly is not badass. He's a punk. Also speaking of punks, wasn't a punk, but I got to mention um, one guy who passed away yesterday at the age of 88, John McNamara. People ask me and, and I, I'm on the record of saying you, you got to be consistent. And when someone dies, you can't just start lying about them because they died. I, I credited Trump for not going to John Lewis's uh, uh, memorial service or not paying respects to John Lewis because John Lewis hated Trump and Trump hated him. They asked Trump if he was going to go. He said, no, I'm not. I respect that. You're not supposed to pretend. I mean, I'm, I just watched video of uh, John Lewis and George Bush hugging. And I'm thinking, 
John Lewis hated Bush. Bush hated him. No, they, they love him so, now. They, they it's just so phony. Him. It's so phony. Um, I can't lie. People have asked me over the years, who's the worst, the, the, the biggest asshole you've covered or the, the worst guy? And that's easy. John McNamara. He was just the nastiest, meanest, orneriest guy. And it was almost comical how how, how nasty he was. I mean, there was a woman in Worcester covered the team, a sports columnist named Mary Shane. She was very good. She passed away, but he made her cry one day. He was so nasty. And she just looks at me and goes, why is he so mean? And I go, I don't know. It was kind of strange. This was before he blew the uh, World Series in 86, by the way. After that, he was real. He was even worse. But I tweeted out the, my famous quote from John McNamara, where we uh, were waiting to get into the manager's office. I thought it was a Sunday afternoon. It could have been a Saturday afternoon. But he opens the door, and there's like 10 or 12 of us writers waiting to get in and interview the manager, which was pretty useless because he was so nasty. He would never answer a question. But you had to go through the manager's office to get to the clubhouse. He opens the door. We start shuffling in. He looks at the clock and goes, he goes, get the fuck in here. You got five fucking minutes. I got to get the five o'clock mass. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> My wh- favorite McNamara quote. When was he fired? I mean, I, I got to be honest. I don't remember. I have no recollection of him. He was fired ever. for Joe Morgan. Morgan came in and won 19 of 20. Uh, won, uh, was it 19 of 20? Uh, and that was Morgan Magic. He was fired in 88. But he was just so nasty. And he just could you couldn't ask him anything. You'd be like, the fuck kind of question is that? And, I mean, it was old school, nasty. I mean, Jim Rice was similar, just wasn't nearly as nasty, but he had a similar contempt for the media. But McNamara, I did get a little go soft on McNamara a few years ago, and I didn't see this in uh, the Dan Shaughnessy wrote a a farewell column to McNamara. Didn't mention it, but his daughter, his daughter and his grandchildren were murdered by his son-in-law, his daughter's husband murdered his daughter and their kids that's not good so i kind of you know felt felt bad for him after that but that was years after he uh he was here in boston but uh i um you marry a remy or something what you marry a remy or something (laughs) i've never heard that that's crazy (laughs) you know i'll look up the details i forget but it was a very sad cruel story and after that i said if he wants to be nasty now I, i i don't blame him but uh he just hated, hated the media like nobody I've ever seen. And those were the days. I mean, people think it's tough to play in Boston or the media is tough. It, it is nothing like that. It is nothing. I know, I know like Mookie Betts hated it here and David Price. But that's because now athletes expect their ass to be kissed 24 hours a day. They don't expect ever expect a tough question or any scrutiny. And uh, in those days, there was just a lot more. There was more people who were, who were critical. Now there's like nobody. Yeah. So, and, 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 and uh, now a guy like McNamara on video, if he was like that and he was on video on Nesson, there might be a little bit of uh, blowback, you know, from, from ownership. Yeah. Not to change the subject, but this just caught my eye. The NFL just tweeted out the following diversity period, equity period, inclusion period. Wow. <laughs> wow. I feel like, I feel like prob- I feel like problem solved. <laughs> oh, I love well, it. Gonna- I, love- I can't. This is going to be sports from now on. This is insane. Every single production is going to be this whole thing about equality and racism. You would Only- really think that we were living in Alabama in like 1948 
It's insane. only just begun, and it is on. The, you're right. I mean, NFL hasn't started. Um, uh, what are they painting in the end zone? I'll get it. it end racism. End racism is going to yeah. be in one end zone. End racism. So there's that. And what is the other end zone going to say? It's got some other. Silly say her name. Stuff. Is it going to say say her name? Say oh Jesus. It's uh, no, it takes all of us. One of the end zones is going to say end racism. The other one's going to say it takes all of us. Could you come up with a more trivial, uh, you know, simplistic slogan than end racism and it takes all of us? <laughs> well, there's you see, they're mad at Gordon Hayward now. Oh, that's another putting, one. Uh, talking about trite, silly expressions. We saw all the expressions that are going to be on the. Yeah, like, jerseys you know. in the NBA, and most of them are just equality. What's that? What's that other word? That French word, by the way. Do you know <laughs> egaliste or something? Yeah. I don't know. Like equality? Probably, so he can have something. He can feel special. Oh right, but right. They, yeah, they're, they're, they have all these. They have like a drop down of like fifteen things you can choose, which is lame in and of itself. And Gordon Hayward chose the most boring one. What do you call it? Uh, improved education edu- reform. Reform. Edu- whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Education reform actually is more substantive than any of that other nonsense. It's actually something that can, you know, help communities that are struggling, actual education, whatever. I don't even know what that means exactly. It's certainly more substantive than like equity or all together or whatever nonsense that garbage. they're all they're all just so trite and they're going to be i believe does that start tonight i don't even know i have no interest i think <clears throat> it is not going to work this little bubble tournament for the nba i've said it many times because they're really in your face they're going to they, they painted black lives matter on the court they have expressions like that you know equality or whatever on their jerseys um and you got guys like lebron and marcus smart smart are going to be talking about Brianna Taylor every day after every game before every game. Um, it's going to appear, I think, obnoxious. Um, and I think, you know, obviously there's going to be plenty of hardcore NBA fans who tune in, but your casual fan, they're going to be like, eh, I don't really need this, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I love sports. So I'm sure I'll watch. I'm not one of those guys who's like, um, turn it off. I mean, I don't have it in me to turn off the NFL. Baseball is no problem. I, I don't have no interest in watching that anyway. But like NBA, the playoffs are on. Like, how can I not watch it? Even though I'm just, I'll accept it. It's like, whatever. They're shoving this shit down my throat. It's a price I have to pay for watching this because I enjoy the product too much. It is what it is. Power to the people is one of them. Say your name, <laughs> Justice. Not the Hong Power Kong. Power to the people. Yeah. Uh, say their names. Liberation. There's a couple of Celtics who have liberation. Liberation? What does that mean? Liberate. They, I think there's been liberation long ago. See us, hear us, respect us, love us, listen to us, stand up. Who's us? I am a man. Speak up. How many more? How about this one? Group economics. What the hell? Group economics. <laughs> Group economics and education reform, which is Gordon Hayward's oh, choice. I do not see free Hong Kong on the list. I do not see end abortion now on the list or uh, build a wall. Build. build uh, is that a wall. <laughs> what the hell is? I, what about, I don't what know. about um? How about how regulate about big? Tech? How about this one? Can I, can regulate big tech on a jersey, or is that too nuanced? Can you put what? Oh, regular. regular you know, no. I don't think you can go off script here. Black Lives Matter. Say their names. I can't well, breathe. How about this one? Say, is a civil right. Say, see, no, see, say, pueda. 
Si se pueda. Oh. That means Lovely. I can't. That means yes, we can in Spanish. <laughs> so it's not good enough to just do it in English. We have to have Spanish slogans too. But and it is funny. Gordon Hayward took a lot of crap for saying education reform. Maybe he just didn't like any of the other. I mean, a white guy's going to wear a th- shirt that says um, "liberation" or says sure. "I'm a man." Democrats or, in the Senate wore Kuna Kinte crap. <laughs> like they wore a Kinte to us. Uh, a white guy in in the NBA is going to write, "Listen to us." <laughs> I mean, who's us? That's what, it's like. What? So they're all mad at him now because he chose the. I guess that's deemed the white uh, choice of that's the wrong choice. They picked the wrong one. Even though I, I'm also told that Damian Lillard chose the same thing. So I guess I don't know if it's if it's racist when they, you know they're just looking for a reason to hate Gordon Hayward. Then they found out that his wife gave money to Trump. Right. Oh, he's that's, from Utah. I mean, he's from well, you know, he doesn't even hate the cops. That's how much of a pariah he is. He doesn't hate cops. Wouldn't that be great if someone said Blue Lives Matter? I want to put that on my shirt, and they would say no. Of course, it is amazing. Like the the NFL is doing all that stuff. They're putting it on. Uh, they're gonna have names of victims of police brutality on the helmets. Four years ago. Uh, they refused the Cowboys' request to put the names of the five cops who were murdered by a Black Lives Matter supporter, uh, assassinated in Dallas. So they wanted to honor the cops. The NFL said, no, we don't do that. Now they're going to put the names of victims of police brutality on their on their helmets. Michael so, Brown? Exactly. That's how, things, how much things have changed. But uh, we're going to get to uh, the thing, all these these great stories that Turtle Boy's been breaking couple of great blog posts, including the, the thing in Hingham, which is amazing, and our old friend Monica, Monica Cannon Grant. She's been honored, finally, and you and I support that. We, yeah. we think she deserves to be honored. But first, I'm going to tell you about Shake Concrete. Shake Concrete's a fourth-generation owned and operated business that's working hard day in and day out to be your trusted precast concrete partner. They're a family business, a local business. They're all over New England. they got four state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities. And they're hiring them, all of them. I'll tell you about that in a minute. First, if you're a contractor, let me tell you some of the products Shake can deliver to your job site ready for installation. It's not just, you know, precast step, concrete steps that I've been telling you about. It's lots of other things, including water and wastewater products, barriers and bollards, stairs and bulkheads, deck footings, electrical and communication products. The list goes on and on. These guys can do it all. You can check it out, check them out, all the things they can do on their website. Been telling you about that too. And if you're an engineer, they can help you design your next products. Shay's got a bunch of engineers just waiting to sit down with you and help you plan things. Give them a call for more information or for an estimate. Or just log on to shayconcrete.com. Also on shayconcrete.com, you can look for a job. If you're one of those people who've been put out of work by Governor Charlie Baker, they got lots of openings. They're always looking for CDL drivers. They're looking for uh, people at all four of their plants. You can check it out at shakeconcrete.com or you can just send your resume to jobs at shakeconcrete.com. All right, to uh, to the TB Daily News blogs, which are which were great. I was reading them this morning. Um, which one do you want to start with? Because the, I want to get to the two. We'll do Monica uh, Cannon Grant. She's the crazy activist. The woman from Roxbury has six kids. She's uh, she's in the middle of any kind of racial uh, story protest. Uh, uh, she's just, uh, 
uh, one of these activists who's involved in everything. She she got the city to give her an office. What is it like a four thousand square foot office? Four thousand square foot basically facility to have a podcast. Yeah, my favorite part. My favorite part. She gets white women in the suburbs to send her money to literally send her money as reparations. <laughs> yes, and it works. She's got a great gift going, and now she's she's just upped it. It used to just be reparations. Now she's getting it from big time corporations, getting those grants. Monica can't get grants. Uh, she's been quiet lately, ever since we exposed her and her shady nonprofit and all the money she's bringing in. But then yesterday, out of nowhere, Boston Magazine decides to honor their six people who give us hope. Hope, Jerry. And she was on that list with Jalen Brown, of course. Six people who give us hope. So she yes, gives she us hope. This is a woman who supports Ayanna Presley. She calls herself, what, campaign advisor or something? Organizer. Yeah. coordinator for Ayanna Presley, one of the members of the squad, Ringo. Um, and Ringo's opponent, uh, the Republican, is also black, but she's um, married to a uh, white guy. Correct. So Monica Collins, uh, Monica, Monica Cannon Grant um, has been attacking her for, quote, writing white penis. Among and others. just some of the most vile racist language, just going at the opponent, uh, Going going at Ayana's opponent, it's just vile. If she were, you know, if it were the she were on the other foot, I mean, it'd be the biggest story, it'd be a national story. I mean, this person would be chased out of polite society, but that's not how it works. Um, she is honored, not just by you know the Boston Celtics called her a what is it, a hometown hero? Yes, they honored her in, in late June for being a hometown hero, and now she's being lauded by this. And Julia Mejia, the city councilor that won by one vote in Boston, who has Trump, you know, has put her out there before and tweeted for her before, tweets the article out. I've responded. I've sent her an email. I said, hey, I'm not sure. Congratulations on this very prestigious award that you've won from Boston Magazine. And I know they put a lot of time into this, uh, but you might not be aware that you're also promoting this woman. Do you have any comments? She has not gotten back to me on that yet, because once again, all they have to do, the, the left's favorite thing is just, what what video? Huh? That's a myth. That's their favorite thing. It's like they just pretend it doesn't exist, and that's all they have to do. It's amazing. Like Nick, Can Nick Cannon still has a job, you know, with Fox. Nick Cannon, who said, you know, white people are subhuman savages, close to animals, and he survives, and he just he, he gives some lame apology for his anti-Semitism, which I didn't really think that was the biggest issue it was just all white people jewish people and all white people were subhuman and close to animals but this woman goes on and on she calls uh the uh rayla what's it rayla campbell is the rayla republican campbell. running against ayana probably doesn't have much of a shot boston has gone you know completely off the deep end like many cities and they like complete radicals like ayana <clears throat> and but she calls her opponent a heifer a heifer She's out there riding white penis and she calls her the N-word. <laughs> she calls her the N-word. It's amazing. And she's honored by Boston Magazine, which is a joke. Boston Magazine, a formerly a, a decent magazine, now just another left-wing rag, uh, calls her uh, people, one of the people who give us hope. And it is amazing. This was published when? In June? In this June. was published yesterday. Yesterday, so it's yesterday. <laughs> so, like, they've they, this uh, this information is now all out there, and they're just like, oh yeah, she gives us hope. First of all, even if she wasn't on that list, how pathetic are you 
if you get hope from Jalen Brown and Julia Mejia, and if you need, if those are the people who give you hope, you should not be allowed to vote, tie your own shoes or anything like that because you're hopeless. How does this woman give you hope? This woman's That's, sitting back. She's got a million grifts going, scams going, people sending her money. She's uh, wildly racist and, you know, hates cops. And she gives you hope. Hope for what? It's just because the it's meaningless. It doesn't actually mean hope. They're just like, they just love to throw those buzzwords out there. Bold, activism, strong, right. independent. <laughs> justice. Yeah, justice. <laughs> they did destroy, fighting for justice. Nobody's better in Boston, a city of 700,000 people fighting for justice than this racist white uh, black woman who wants to uh, have the supporters of Rayla Campbell have their heads blown off, she said. Uh, right, right, right. That's, that's amazing. And, and poor Rayla Campbell's trying. She's out there fighting, but she's uh, totally outnumbered. And, you know, the, as we'll say again, these people fight dirty. They're going to try and ruin her. You know what, Boston's not important, but Boston Magazine, I was thinking about this. I used to write for them. They used to, Howie Carr wrote for them for years. It was worth reading. I mean, it broke news. They used to have a best and worst of Boston, but they, they, they turtled when someone attacked them because they picked them as the worst, whatever restaurant. Now they just do the best, the best. And it's not really the best. It's just the most woke, the most politically correct. They're like every other magazine. You know, people will blame the internet and Twitter for the death of magazines, but that's not, it's part of it. No question. It's part of it. But I used to read all these magazines. I used to subscribe to them and now they're all the same. They're all just outlets for Social justice warriors and and woke lefties, Esquire, GQ, Vanity Fair, Atlantic, um, the the worst one of all. And I never subscribe, but I, I know you follow these kind of things. Teen Vogue, Teen oh, Vogue yeah. sounds like it's for it sounds like it's for teenagers, you know, for style and you know fashion. It's the most crazy left wing. It's like written by, you know, uh, uh, Julia Chesimard. It's so nutty left wing. Uh, it's written. It reads like it's written by Ayanna Presley. They're all, you know, they're these are the people writing, editing these magazines, and these magazines are dying before our eyes. Sports Illustrated. I mean, I know we talked about this last week, but the swimsuit issue, which used to be a big deal, it used to kind of be a defiant thing where you could say, "This is sexist," but we don't care. Our readers are men, and they love it. Now they have fat chicks. They have uh, a Muslim woman totally covered head to toe. It's called a swimsuit, but she's covered head to toe. She's in the swimsuit issue. And they, of course, they have a transgender swimsuit model. Plus sized transgender. And they, they, you know what else they have? They have one who has that al alpecia. What is it? You know, the thing that Ayanna Presley has where you lose all your hair. Yep. They have a swimsuit model with that condition with no hair. I mean, it is. Old, brave, and beautiful, Jerry. It's you all well and good, but it, somebody sat there. Putting the swimsuit issue together, they used to sit there and say, "Who's the hottest, you know, model? Who's the hottest chick we can get?" Now they sit there and saying, "What else can we, you know, what other uh, special interest group or you know, marginalized group can we represent?" I blame internet porn, Jerry, because now, like back in the day, that was you know fifty percent of fourteen-year-old boys they they were dependent on that Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. 
you know, to discover themselves. Right. Now they have an iPhone. Now they got red tube. They got you, you know, you porn. they got everything. They don't right. need sport. They don't need the sports illustrated swimsuit edition anymore. So now you're having the transgender plus size models there. And, you know, obviously I think only Reamer might pleasure himself to that. I don't know if anyone else will, but uh, they, there's well, no need for it. Olivia Colpo's on the cover. She's still, she gets the job done for me, but did you try to pick out, Oh, you don't have the magazine. Did you try to pick out the transgendered? No uh, model because it's impossible. I, I won't. They, they picked. They picked you can't win that game. You can only lose it. <laughs> uh, anyway, also the this battle in Hingham, which is another amazing story. These are the kind of things you got to read them twice to believe it. Um, if you if you haven't read it yet, check it out on TB Daily News. This is the I referred to it earlier. The mother of Michael Chesna, a cop who was murdered two years ago was there to honor her son and she was berated by black lives matter activists because, because why? Cause she honored her son because Hingham, the Hingham fire department has on the back of their truck, a thin blue line flag representing that they put up in honor of Michael Chestnut's one town over in Weymouth and one 20 year old, whatever college student decided this offended him because it is a sim. It's been co-opted. That's their new favorite word. Just like the okay symbol was co-opted by white nationalists. Now no one can use it anymore. Now it's offensive to black lives matter or whatever. So he decides it's going to go down the, the gutless fire department chief and police chief both caved to this one douchebags freaking email, one email. Like they just ignored it, whatever they caved to him and they decided they're going to take it down and the fire department, to their credit, the union says, F you, we're not doing that. So they had a big meeting last night and they could, they, they're complaining on turtle boy on there. A lot of citizens, they stacked the deck. They had all these BLM people call in and they're like, this is really offensive to me. This, this should probably come down. And so this morning, what's happening is Weymouth police and fire are going to hang them to pick up the flag and they're going to, you know, display it themselves, which is just even more emasculating for the town of Hingham that you, you're going to disrespect your neighbors like that. So my, there's a big rally for it yesterday. Not big. A hundred people showed up. One of the people who showed up was Michael Chesta's mother and good for her. She should like, this is hurtful for her to, like, to watch people vilify what her son did for a living and the sacrifices that he made, you know, for his community. Now they're just being vilified. So she goes up and five black lives matter people, one of whom is the husband of a selectman decides that they're going to go down there and they're going to disrupt this thing. And they're going to harass them because God forbid they have their own rally. God forbid you just have a police lives matter rally. You can't have that without getting disrupted. They go down there, they disrupt it. One woman starts yelling in the face of Mimi Chestnut. Obviously doesn't know it's her, but whatever, just yelling at her. And it was just like, these are the good guys. You're yelling at the mother of a woman who had to bury her son. It is remarkable how quickly, and I know we mentioned this earlier, how quickly things have turned. Isn't it just remarkable? I mean, since last I've seen you in person, cops went from being heroes that were that you're supposed to applaud when you saw them to being the enemy to the point where, and did you ever think you'd see the day, the point where uh, you get vilified from mainstream media for wearing a hat that says Boston Police, for wearing a bracelet that says uh, Blue Lives Matter, you're the bad guy and you have to either explain it and, and show some guts or you have to apologize and say, oh, I didn't realize I was being insensitive, insensitive 
for not hating cops. For, sure, I mean, this if, happened before. This happened in at the 2014-15 New Year's Eve celebration. Carson Daly wore a, a NYPD hat that night, and he got because I was in the height of the Michael Brown stuff and stuff like that, and he got torn apart, and I believe he apologized. So this actually has happened before. There is precedent that wearing a police hat during certain times, certain times it's okay to support the police, like after the Boston Marathon bombing, during COVID when they're enforcing ridiculous lockdowns, that's when we like the police. We don't like them when, you know, one rogue cop in Minnesota commits a crime against the patron St. George Floyd. Yeah, I, 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 I have mixed feelings on this because I, it's another one of those things I feel like is going to backfire. Um, they're, they're uh, in, in Seattle. I think they're voting today or next week to uh, defund the police, which they're going to do. They're going to defund the police and it's going to become, you're going to have sections which become no go zones, you know, like in, in Paris and uh, where the cops just stay away. They, I, I read about this this morning in Minneapolis, the neighborhood where George Floyd was murdered is now a no go zone. So the people living there, the, the businesses running there, if there are any businesses left, uh, can't get, Police, they can't call nine one one. The cops won't come. It's too dangerous. That's the end result. And you know the the city councilors, they don't care. The mayors don't care. They 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 want to be. They want to be out. They want to out radical one another. And defunding the police is what the crazy left wingers demand. I mean, that's what AOC is demanding. They're not talking about reimagining police. They're talking about defunding the police. That has to backfire in November at some level. There can't be, there can't be more than I don't know twenty percent of people who support defunding the police. I mean, in, in people in New York, New York City, want to defund the police. That can't be true. It can't be. I mean, it can be, but Joe Biden won't come out and obviously right. say that. He'll he'll say no, no, I don't want to defund the police. But then he they they will. I mean, ultimately the he said, people- he said it to the kid, the, that guy who interviewed him, the guy in the wheelchair that interviewed him. He said, yes, we want to uh, not you know eliminate, but defund or or you know reallocate the funds. Funny, when you look around, you say, you know what would have made more sense is to say we need more cops. We need more money for police. You know, Ooh, that no, 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 sense to the average person. But it's just the opposite now. And without the, uh, you know, the, 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 they're going to lose any chance of, you know, expanding the police. Hell, in New York, they got rid of that plainclothes division. What was that, a month ago? And murders are up like, you know, 250%. Gun crimes are up because those are the guys that were th- assigned to take the guns off the street. Uh, it's it's going to backfire, hopefully, because it's utter insanity. And yeah. Um, I think at some point people are going to get fed up and say, screw it. We got to get some of those hats, those NY or those police hats and those bracelets and everything else. Cause I don't care if it, uh, to me, Tuka Rask should have said, go screw. I mean, at some point you guys have to say, go screw this golfer. I don't know what he said when asked about it, or if he was in a, even asked about it, getting ripped for wearing a bracelet that says blue lives matter. Um, you know what my take uh, is another cop murdered another Michael Chesna. Or That's another and Michael Chesnas, and people will say, "Okay, hey, enough is enough." You stole my take. That was my take from Monday, Jerry. Oh, that good. Was, that's what's going to take to get public opinion to change on this. Unfortunately, is a murdered cop. Go check the tapes. You said it to me, or yeah, to not on our show. My, what are you having a Biden moment? I was literally at a, like a rant about that on Monday. You know what? You're right. We're we're on the same page on that one. Did you um, did you hear our uh, little tribute to? Uh, 
Kirk Minahan, I know you're you're a mini fan. You are a huge fan, uh, even though he attacks you now and then. I'm, I always defend you when he attacks you. I say, I say, Aiden loves you, but he, you know, he attacks you one day and then he loves you the next. So, yeah, um, that's just Kirk. Kirk being Kirk. It's like, were you surprised? Were you surprised like the rest of us when you uh, saw that he was taking a uh, taking a leave after that that triumphant weekend? Not really. I mean, this is the third time, right? This has happened. That yeah. He's announced that he's taking. I mean, so I mean, no, not at all. I I do wonder. I'm like. I, th- I think they should keep the show going. Like wh- when Tucker's off, they don't, the Tucker Carlson show still goes. Somebody else fills in for him. You know, uh, they, I mean, I'd like to, I would honestly, I mean, I like Kirk. Uh, I love the Kirk Minion show. I don't want to upset minute fans out there, but I, I would like to hear a Steve Robinson show because I find Steve interesting and he's got like, he's a smart guy. I would, I know you don't like him, but I would listen to a, a, a Steve Robinson podcast while Kirk's getting help. Oh, he could never do it. I mean, his whole life is just worshiping Kirk and he used to fill in Kirk. for Howie. Yeah, the the that's days are over. Now his whole life, he's. I mean, do you think like uh, you know someone could have stepped in for Charlie Manson when they arrested Manson? Could someone just step in and be the leader of the Manson family? I don't think so. Well, that's that requires unique talent to do it. Right, Charlie Manson right. did. I mean, that's you can't. That's irreplaceable. It's once in a lifetime kind of stuff. But I, I mean, I'll yeah, tell you, like, it, I would never work Kirk's for Barstool. Once in a lifetime talent, like Charlie Manson. Like I, if, if if they put me in there, obviously we 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 would have missed a beat. We'd be we'd be going. But I would never work for Barstool because I would never work for anybody. I'll never work for anyone but myself. But uh, I mean, I think they could keep it going. I, it's like, how do you have? You got to be in a weird place if you're Steve Robinson or Blind Mike because you've hitched your wagon to this. And you've hit your wagon to Kirk, and you never know what's going to happen next month, the month after that, long term. Uh, I'm sure they don't regret. I mean, they'll both be fine. At least Steve will uh, down the road. I mean, Mike can always get disability checks and stuff like that. But uh, if you're Steve, you know you left. You left a good job. You were kind of like the next guy. That's, that's why. That's why you know I hate him, and uh, <laughs> it's because I advised him. You know, I was just trying to say, I, I think you got a good thing going. I think you had a good future. I think young, you know, right wing guys are are thriving. You know, all the Ben Shapiro's and Buck Sexton's and these guys are kicking ass these days. And I thought that was the path for Robinson. I, I said, you should keep doing what you're doing, which upset Kirk, which I understand. I mean, I love Kirk, but I thought Robinson was going to be going to be one of those guys i thought you know filling it for howie and then howie would get older and howie maybe he'd take over for howie or maybe he'd take over and or he'd end up with uh whatever the daily wire or blaze and have a real future that's why we had our falling out because he went and told kirk that i said that which is a weasel move Ooh. and kirk was upset but we you know talked it out as we always do and and we got through it but i mean i stand by it i i think I think, you know, that he had a real future in that. And now, you know, he's. But how long is Barstool going to put up with it? How long are they going to put up with the fact that, like, ultimately they're still paying him a salary and Steve a salary? They're paying three guys a salary and there's no show. So there's no ads running on that show. So this has to be costing them money. How long are they going to put up with it? I don't know. I have no idea how that works. I don't know. I mean, obviously they can afford it. Uh, Obviously, EEI, Entercom did not handle it well. You know, they, when Kirk was ready to go back on the air, they didn't let him even though we were fighting to get him back on the air and they kind of tried to buy him off by putting him on uh, radio.com. That didn't work. That didn't certainly satisfy him. It didn't end well. 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure how long he's going to be out of Caldum. I, I don't know when. I mean, I hope he doesn't come back. That's the problem with Kirk. Do you think he's checking Twitter right now? I don't know. I don't probably. know. Uh, to he's be honest, I don't know. Well, and I've called him and I texted him, and I don't expect to hear back from him. But I, I don't even know if he's, you know, man, hospitalized. I'm not sure where he is. Right. I'm not. Sure. I don't think he's checking Twitter. To be to be honest with you, I don't. I, I don't think because that's like that's that's what gets him going. That's what brings him back into the fight every time. Like he takes I some time off. He's, listening and you know and the thing he can't stay silent because he's kirk minahan he has to share his opinions on these things the bat i mean he has to literally just get rid of social media just take his phone away he needs serious help i mean this is obviously a, a very a serious issue if a guy like this who loves what he's doing just sure. steps away like this i mean it's obviously a very powerful thing that's going on in his mind right now and twitter and social media are cancer for him. They, I mean, it's it's going to bring him back into the fray. It's no good for him. He should take a long time off, which was what I mean. Like, they have to continue the show without him. You can't just not have a show. That's a good question. I don't know the answer. I mean, I think they'll wait a while. I think he is, you know, he sincerely needs help. I cannot believe uh, that he that this happened in the middle of this glorious weekend. You know, he was up in Maine. He was people were around him. I talked to him again. I'll tell you, I talked to him that afternoon after he was thinking about taking action, as he said, and he never sounded better. We were laughing and talking and he was enjoying the hell out of his two live shows and they were big successes. And there is no explaining it. As I said, Monday or uh, Tuesday or whatever that Tuesday was, you know, we're trying to explain the understand the impossible. There is no understanding, at least not for me or you, you know, maybe his shrink, maybe his doctors, his therapist can help him understand it. But you can't understand that feeling, that pain he was in, in the middle of all this great joy and and and, and fun. It's so strange. I, I hope he doesn't come back too soon again, but I don't know what too soon is. I don't know what, you know, he says it's not going to be a week or two. And maybe there are doctors, maybe his family is saying, give it up. Don't do that. You know, go back to whatever, coaching. Go back to coaching basketball with Rob Bradford. Go back to writing about uh, fantasy sports, or I go back to trying writing a script, trying writing a book. He could do lots of things, as you know. He's extreme, extremely talented. He's a really good writer. Maybe there's something else he can do that won't drive him insane. You know, uh, this world, as you know, we live in, it's not normal. It's it's just not. It's it's crazy, and it's it's intense. And I could see lots of things that could trigger somebody. Hell, yeah. I mean, we see I it every day. Been- what he does for a living is conducive to this keep happening. I mean, he, he gets, he likes controversy. He's going to keep getting, it's his brand. It's what he, he cannot help it. It's what he's going to keep doing. So is there even a cure for, unless he just find talks to a therapist and figures out a way to make, to like, you know, when this happens, cause these voices will keep coming back. What are you going to do about it? You know, like how, how are you going to basically continue to do this without feeling these things? And he, until he figures that out, he cannot come back because what he does for work is pick fights every single day. There's always going to be true. this battle going on. That's true, and and uh, I don't know if he could do if he could do it any other way. I mean, he he was ready to fight with us last week or two weeks when you said you liked this podcast better, and he was texting me saying we're gonna we're gonna go at it, we're gonna fight, and I'm going what? I don't even know what he's talking about. I said no, we're not gonna fight about this. You know, that's fun you know, though. It's fun. Though. It was it, I know, but he's he really wants to go at it. I'm saying. Yeah. 
first of all, I'm not doing this. Second of all, you know, Aiden loves you. You know, he loves you and he loves your guys. And he's just. But I still like the battle. I like huh? you know, it's family. It's friends. Like you're supposed to fight. It's like that's it's, that's what we do at family gatherings. We fight about shit. Right. I mean, that's what we used to do on the radio. And he doesn't. He has to fight with someone else because the guys on his show would never fight with him. So he has to look for fights with other people. And you're right. Maybe that's just not healthy. But uh, hopefully. You know, he just, well, I'm just not going to say it again. Hopefully it all works out. I look forward to hearing from him and talking to him and, and, uh, hopefully, I don't know, whatever is best for him. If it's the, the podcast or something else is, is what he does. But, what are the Minifans going to do that? You're, are your ratings going up as a result? Oh, yeah. Of they're soaring. They're all turtle riders. Now they're all turtle riders. Yes. Uh, in Califans. Yeah. Califans. Yeah. We're going to, we're all going to go up to Madawaska and go ice fishing. Yeah, when are we having it <laughs> now? We go to Rutland State Park. Uh, check out TB Daily News. Some good stuff on there. You know why you got to do it? Because you're not going to find it anywhere else. There are stories on there this morning, and I'm reading them, and I'm saying, I remember the old days when you could read stuff like this in the paper. Well, this is another reason newspapers are dying. They're dying because they're they're not only are they run by crazy lefties, and and they're uh, you know you can get stuff on. But their turtle boy is fearless and they live in fear. They operate, they play scared every day and they see a story like these couple ones that you have on there. The one Monica Cannon Grant and the, and the Chestnut story and they run from it. Turtle boy dives right in and that's why it is a must read. You don't need to pick up a newspaper. You're not going to find stuff like this in the paper. You're going to find it at TB daily news. All right. Is that a good enough plug for you? That's a great. I, I, I agree with everything you just said there. A lot of strong points. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Aiden. We will talk to you uh, next week. And thanks to Shea Concrete and Allied Paving and DCU. And thanks to the, the folks at Raycon. I got my Raycon wireless earbuds and I love them. Uh, thanks to Flagship. Um, Colin Aiden, I'd like to thank him, but he's gone. He's uh, on the beach. He's already, it's, uh, what is this, Thursdays, like tequila Thursday or something. So he's starting early as he does every day. He may do a drunk periscope later. Look out for that. You can follow him on Twitter because that's where uh, that's where you'll see his drunk periscopes. They're a mess, but you know if you're into that kind of thing, they can be a, an entertaining mess. He's still on vacation, so I'm going to thank him and give him credit anyway because he said it was going to be tough to do it this week, and he's done it. He's set us up. He's recorded and he's posted and he's edited on his vacation between. Between Pink Whitney's, he's found time to do his job. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate everybody listening and rating and reviewing. We're up to almost 3,500 reviews or ratings on Apple Podcasts, which is pretty good. The numbers are pretty, pretty good. And we welcome any Minifans that want to come on over. And uh, we'll keep you posted on anything I know or hear about Kirk. I know he... Uh, the Minifans love you. If I learn anything new, I will keep people posted. What's that, Aiden? The Minifans love you. At the end of the day, they still, you're still the other guy, you know? Well, they still, they understand that Kirk and I had our fights and they understand he's crazy, but that's what makes him endearing to me. As I've said many times, he entertains me. And while I would hold a grudge against some people, I, I don't with him because I understand he's crazy and that's the way he is. And that's what makes him interesting. That's what made us good friends and that's why we were like talking and laughing on sunday just before he checked out and checked in and um, i mean i'll i'll be checking on him occasionally and hopefully uh he'll be back i don't know when 
Hopefully he'll be back and healthy and strong and feeling good soon, whether he's doing a podcast or not. How's that? Anything else? Uh, No, I think we're good here. I think we're good. All right. We will talk to you next week, and we will talk to everybody next week. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. Can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.